When I tell you there's no life I have never lived, it's true. It's true. It's not something I'm bragging on. It's not something, you know, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest with you. I really don't. I really don't. Voice sound different today. I don't know why. Been a very adventurous day, man. Actually, it was a great day. Very, man, you know, some great things happen, you know. And, yeah, but it's no, very few lives I haven't lived. And you'd be surprised to know that I once was a comedian. I know, right? Me, the person who doesn't have, you know, a huge funny bone. I once was a comedian. I realized that I need to try, you know, a lot of different things. I just wanted to try a lot of different things. So, I had this club, right, where uh, I don't know where I got the idea. I don't. So, I moved. I was, uh, you know, still living with my, uh, me and my, me and my youngest and her mom were living together. And we were living around the corner from this comedy club. I said, you know what, I'm going to make my move, make my move. I had to be honest with you, just before that, I thought about going to professional bowling. <laughs> nothing I'm telling you, it's nothing I haven't done, man. But I went to the bowling alley, and wasn't looking so good. You know, I just was watching, you know, just on observation alone, it looked like it was going to be a tough, you know, uh, hill to climb. So I was like, I don't know about this. And, you know, I bowled a few rounds, you know, just to prove my prove my point and let me know for sure, you know. And usually I can try to master anything, you know, but I also know my limits. And when I knew I wasn't going to have a love for it, so that's the thing, you got to have a love for something too. And when I knew I wasn't going to have a love for it, then I decided not to do it. So, thus, I went to comedy. So... Go to the comedy club. Happen to know a guy who was in comedy. And he happened to be there. Real good friend of my family's. And he, uh, you know, he was surprised. He was surprised to see me, you know what I mean? He's never known, known me to be, you know, comedic. Where'd that come from? You know, he's surprised. But he also knew, you know, that I was different. And so it's from that standpoint that it surprised him that I would make this leap. So, sign up. It's a little waiting period, about, you know, an hour or two. You know, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know if I even took time to go on my lines or what stuff I was going to do, you know. Again, you got to keep in mind, this is my first time ever on stage in a comedic form. And so, I, uh, when it came time, went inside. You know, and the way it works is you have a guy that's the headliner. Could be, you know, could be some guy from, you know, New Zealand. <laughs> could be some guy from, uh, you know, uh, Memphis. You never know where he might be from. And he comes in, and basically, uh, I learned this after the fact that um, your comedy. Um, has to kind of match his. I, I, now I'll get into that later on. Um, so I go up there. My time, I got called, and I decided to do my comedy on. You know, uh, I forgot what it's on. Be honest, I know me being 
uh, newly married. I did it on, you know, marriage. I did it on some uh, sexual stuff and did it on some other things, you know. And uh, it was just, you know, I, I did pretty well. Did pretty well. To my surprise, I was very surprised. They had a had a young lady, man. Uh, I say young lady, you know, everybody's young to me. Uh, she's actually older, but she, you know, said a couple of things, man, and you know, kind of really got a crunk up in that. But that's when you know you're doing good when the crowd want to get involved, right? And so I, I did pretty well, right? So okay, made it through, made it through. So um, come back, I'm gonna do it again. Think uh, either next week or a week later. So I always like to do things different. I don't like to repeat. So I came in with some new material, and I was a little, you know, this time a little bit more prepared. So I come in, man. I uh, I killed it. You know, it was it was on. Did real well, man. And uh, I did well enough that the they invited me to come back. You know, so. Um, if I can keep on climbing this ladder, I can eventually get to a point that, you know, I may be one day headlining, you know, and that's me, me being freshly new. So it was interesting. So here I am sort of on my way, sort of, I'm going to tell you why. So one thing he told me was I used, you know, I'm not a profanity type person. That's not me, but. I used just a little bit, you know, kind of spice it up, you know. And what he told, the guy told me was, I always know who's headlining because, like, for instance, that particular night, it was a Christian-type, you know, uh, headliner. So you didn't want to use profanity and stuff like that. You want to kind of, again, match that headliner. You don't have to know it, you know. And at first go around I didn't I didn't know all this and so I guess it didn't matter but obviously when somebody comes in with a certain criteria then that makes a difference so you know he just kind of put that little nugget in in my head just to remind me for the future and you could tell he wanted me to be successful I, I really I, I appreciate it that I really did and so here's the thing now I'm convinced I got this thing down back, right? I'm, I got this thing down. So now I invite people. I invite people. And to my surprise, they showed up. Oh, man. That would have been great, right? Here's where the problem comes in. One of them was one of my, you know, younger twin brothers. And, you know, he was just trying to loosen me up. So he started buying me some beers, Kronos. Now, I'm not really a drinker. You know, that don't mean I can't sit back and, you know, have a drink or two or whatnot. But just in general, that's, you know, it's not typically my thing. So, drinking, you know, drunk, you know, one or two, maybe three Coronas or whatnot because, you know, still had time. So, now, I'm feeling some type of way. You know, I'm not totally intoxicated or anything like that, but... I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty toasty. So now, you know, I'm not in my normal state of mind. So when I go up, my name gets called. Keep in mind, now I've invited people. I have people out there I know. 
and one of them was my sister. I was like, oh my God. Oh man, you know, but I'm not worried. At first, before the coronas, post corona, I'm worried. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I can't remember my stuff. So I get up there and oh man, oh, I was struggling. I bombed. I couldn't remember my lines. I was off. And man, it was rough. It was brutal. It was brutal. And it wasn't a total disaster. I got a few lads, you know, but I couldn't get my balance. And I was told I was terrible. I'm just gonna call it what it what it was. I was terrible. And I'm I was so embarrassed. So embarrassed. And when I left the stage, I went to my sister and I told her, hey, look. Say a little bit too much drink, you know. I'm sorry, apologize, you know. Same thing, you know. To my brother, man, don't watch my mouth, you know. I ain't blame you know, when it's fault, you know. I just tell, I was, you know, just kind of letting them know, man, that this was not the me that they would have seen normally. And I wish, you know, and so I appreciate the fact that they at least came to support me, you know what I mean. And they would have been wanting to come to a comedy club for a while. That was kind of, you know, that added motivation. You know, who doesn't want to at least try something different? And so, you know, it's, um, it, it was an interesting experience, man. And, you know, from there, uh, I ventured into just really, I would meet people. And they had you know, various business ideas or whatever they wanted to engage in. And I would just launch whatever I did add, you know. Or if a situation that uh where this guy wanted to be uh a promoter. So, you know, I uh put together a show. Put together a show, man, and I think I discussed that in one of the episodes uh, you know, a few months back. And I put together a show within a matter of a week. And in two weeks, we went live. Sold out. Sold out. And uh, he was shocked. He couldn't believe it. He said, man, this ain't going to work. This can't work. Man, you really think this is going to work? <laughs> I said, hey, man, I'm involved in it. It's going to work. And, you know, I said, and uh, one thing he really loved about me is, you know, I was always coming to something different. You know, and uh, that's what blew his mind, which is why he doubted it could work. Man, you didn't do it the normal way. It can't work. It can't work. It can't work. Sold out, man. Everybody had a great time, man. And what I did to help him get over some of his stage fright fears, I had him be the announcer. Had him be the announcer. And, uh, man, worked to perfection, right? So the next time we did a show, which is about a month later, I had that the comedian that I knew from the comedy club. I had him be the MC. He killed it. It was, he, he was he was funny, man. They loved him, man. They loved it. This show went, you know, pretty much similar to the first show. And again, this whole time he's worried, man. Can this really work? Can this really work? Can this really work? But he's taking notes too as it go along, and uh, you know. We were talking about promotion as an overall. And eventually, you know, he was able to launch an actual, you know, become an actual official promoter. And 
launch some of the some of the biggest acts that are known today. And at the time, these acts were just coming up. They were just, you know, getting started in the game and everything. And so, you know, he was able to secure them. And um, also, he was able to really, really start to uh, climb that ladder. Climb that ladder. So, it's very few things, man, that I haven't done, you know. To see exactly where I was, you know, in life, and you know, ran for mayor at uh, at the age of uh, 16, and um, again, that's a long story, and something I had to drop out of the race before the election because I was requested to do so, and that's a long story there, but it was a legitimate reason it wasn't nothing i did wrong in fact it was everything i was doing right (laughs) and there was word you know what i mean and but the reason that they asked me to do that i i felt like i needed to support that so i did i i dropped out of the race do i regret it i really i'm on the fence you know what i mean i feel like i dropped out for a legitimate reason so i will win either way stay in and you know and Go on into election night or drop out and support, you know, this huge cause. And so there was, a, you know, there, there was no right or wrong answer to that. It really wasn't. And so also, obviously, I uh, went into business for myself at a young age and uh, started a bike rental business. Started a bike rental business. And bike rental was uncommon. And how I got that idea was I had went to uh, Key West, Florida. And I seen, you know, it was just one person had some bikes out there. And I thought, man, that's interesting. I'm going to keep that in mind. And so, um, you know, went back. I decided to launch my own bike rental business. Had this huge, huge glider in my window. And it had my name, you know, and uh, my initials and the bike rentals. That's what it was called. And it was, uh, got interviewed on the front page of a local newspaper. And, you know, it was interesting, man. It was interesting. It was something unusual. I hadn't seen nothing like that before. Now you go around now and you see bikes strolled everywhere, you know, right? And it's like, here we are, fast forward many, many, many years later. And, you know, and here we are. And so, um, I always done some very unique, unusual things. And, you know, I remember that I tried to, uh, I tried to bottle up water and sell water. Because where I was from, we had all these pure lakes, all of these, you know, um, different areas that had nothing but pure water. So I tried to bottle it up and sell it. And I brought someone in on it, you know, brought a relative in on the idea. And, you know, no, it, they didn't, nobody believed that could work. I thought it was crazy. But the thing is, I knew it could work because we were going to be able to take something pure 
and put it all across the world. I thought it was a, I was really firm on all my mind was made up. The thing is, being at a young age like that, I needed some financial backing. Because I did I believe I did not worry about that. No. No. I did not worry about that. I never worry about things like that. Those things will come if you believe in your idea. It was just the fact that I wanted, I needed someone to be with me, I felt like. Because you cannot start something so huge by yourself. And I couldn't convince, you know, the other parties that this thing could work. It could work. It's not just some fleeting idea. And I already know what I need. I had, uh, so I went to a company, got and got me some labels, you know, got got a contract and got them set up for to label my bottles, and and then I found plastic, you know, a plastic company. Ironically, all these things just happened to be available. It was just the weirdest turn of events. So everything was in place. I but I didn't know how it's gonna get. You know, I needed help to get the water to the you know company the the bottling the plastic company and you know also get legal licensing to be able to draw that water from public land and so and I also was going to try to talk to some of the private owners try to get you know contracts with them as well it was going to be a lot easier to try to get you know the public contracts but again I was not old enough to secure those contracts. So I needed that extra help. But I could not get them to believe in it enough. And that's the roadblock I ran into. You know, I was still a teenager. So I needed that help. And, you know, obviously, bottled water is everywhere today. And that's all I hear about. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. To this day, that's all I hear about. See, it don't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me at all because, you know, my mind has a million, million ideas. So, you know, there's nothing I can't come up with. So, I went into business consulting after that. Went to business consulting. And uh, it was weird because I go into the office and... I mean, I get, I call, I put my, put my flyers out, put my flyers out, man, and uh, you know, telling them, hey, man, I could, I can double if not trouble your business, and I knew how I could do it too, and not only was I going to do that, I was going to revamp their location so that it would attract more people from the outside, and when their clients come in, it will be very inducing. To make them be happy that they came and feel tr feel comfortable and feel trusting of this particular business, so you know from the advertisement I had to go over whatever advertisement is. So we're gonna be wasting money on advertising. It's not gonna work. You know I know your consumerships. I learn everybody's consumership. I just become them. You know that's all I do. And you know what would it take for me to want to come to your business? You know, what would it take for me to want to stay with your business? And so I was able to come at them like that. And so um, I got my first client and got a friend of mine to come, you know. 
I asked her, I told her, all thing I need you to do is take a tablet and a pen. That's all. You don't say nothing. I just need to look legit. And every question she asked me, they asked me about this degree, experience, and all these things. I said, don't worry about that. I'll take care of all that. And sure enough, they asked. And I had a response for every question they had. And I got that contract. I got that contract. And I did it. I did it. And, uh, you know, got another contract. And, you know, didn't get 40 lunch because what I did is eventually I took the business to another state. And so uh, that proved to be a little bit more challenging. But either way it go, I, guess I know I'd, I'd done it. You know, I proved I could do it. And I would just go on and that's how things went. You know, it was very few things I have have not tried, you know, and uh, I always knew what would be successful and would stay the course for the long haul. And it took, I knew it was going to take me to relocate and get to a more a freer climate and a place also where I also be, you know, could live in peace, you know, kind of my type of environment I be comfortable in. And so once I pulled that off, you know, the next thing left was TV. TV. I'm not going to get into how that uh, got shot, shut down. Um, I'm not going to get into that. But I would say that um, that was about to hit. It's about to hit. I already had me a band and everything. Man, oh, man, I'll tell you about my band. Oh, these, man, it was cold. They was cold. So I already had a band and everything. Went down and met them, man. I just ran into them and seen them perform. And, I, you know, wow, oh, man, I love them. I love them. We became really, really close to And every time, you know, they would perform, man, they would, uh, have me, you know, give me a pass to the backstage and, you know, take me out to eat. Oh, man, we kicked it. We kicked it, man. We had a great time. And all of them had histories of being with, you know, famous bands, famous groups. So, you know, I had a major, huge head start. And the only thing, you know, obviously, you know, we, uh, things did not come to fruition for you know, reasons I will not discuss. But yeah, it's very few things, man, that I haven't foreseen and said, okay, this is the move. This is the move. And so, I'll be honest with you, after the TV thing, you know, uh, got uh, thwarted, it, I was lost after that for the first time in my life. I didn't know what I was going to do next because that was the climactic point I had been waiting on. So what would I do without that? Without that and brings me to where I am now. And now I'm uh, you know, working on some things and, you know, I'm um going to have to go a different route. And so, you know, I'm gonna see. See how it all unfolds. I know me and I don't quit. And I know that this is that time and point in time where uh, there is no, no, I, uh, 
falling, coming up short. There's no things that could thwart something. There's no me making uh, this move or that move that could, you know, send things in a wrong direction. You know, out of the blue, no surprises, no blindside, and no nothing. None of those things. And, you know, I have to, you know, swallow things and keep it moving, baby. You know, always. And so that part is never going to be, never easy to do. But you have to keep it moving. And I don't have any kind of bad feelings about anything, you know, uh, anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't feel not, I don't feel none of those things anymore. You know, life does what it does, man. And sometimes things happen, to man. And you just, you know, keep it moving. Keep it moving. And so that's kind of where I stand right now. But it's definitely been an interesting life for sure. And, um, you know, again, surprise the myth, right? Surprise. Always a surprise around the corner. I always had this saying, man. And my life is like a surprise party. There is no cake. And there's no one to yell it. You just have to be ready and prepared. That's kind of how it went. And so that's kind of how it is. And so, you know, it's the world of the myth. It's the world of the myth. This is the nobody show. Show guarantees to get canceled, hosted by the myth.